What's going on, Calvary Church family online? Good to see you guys out there tonight, tomorrow, every day this week coming up. Watch this time and time again. Share this on Facebook the rest of the week, every day, every night, and watch Calvary Church live. Also in the house today is some of our staff. Uh, we did not fudge on our announcement. We are not having a full open service, but some of the staff is in the house with us here in the service in this moment. So please thank them for being out. We see them. We're praying for you. We love you. We care about you as well. Man, what a recent event turning point in our history as a nation, as churches all across America. The last uh, 24 hours, 36 hours have been amazingly crazy in my life. I know in yours as well. So here is what we're doing as a church. First of all, we are trying to be very mindful of the balance of faith and wisdom in all things. We've prayed about what to do for this weekend coming up, and the reality was this, as service time got closer and closer and the rules began to change and shift across the state, across the nation, we found ourselves in a place we had no option but just to kind of go to online this weekend and make a plan for next week. And I can assure you this, we will do everything in our power to be back our normal services at some point, uh, maybe a reduced attendance certainly, but we want to be back in person with you as quick as possible. So please be alert to that. Watch our social media, watch our Facebook, watch our Instagram, call the church, update your email on the church profile information. Let us talk to you the best we can, but please know we're doing all that we can to make this possible to worship with you, be in the church together with you. But we know this, the body of Christ is not a building, it's a body of believers around the kingdom of God. And we celebrate tonight the fact that just because we're not here, we're still the church of Jesus Christ and we're going stronger than ever because we're the body of Christ and nothing can stop God's church. That's a fact. So tonight, this is different. I'll give that to you tomorrow. This is different. As you watch the services tonight and on Sunday as well, please know this. We are with you. We are praying for you as a staff. We're cheering for you right there. And we think God's got this. That was our year slogan kicking off. And I was closing on my house in Arkansas on Friday. And I got up that day and grabbed my shirt out of my suitcase to go get some stuff out of my old house and go to the closing signing. And I grabbed this shirt and I uh, had no idea that Friday would be the day of total chaos and joy at the same time. Closing a house and canceling a weekend service is a pastor's tension of joy and sorrow, I assure you that. But I grabbed this shirt out of my suitcase. I thought it was a different shirt, and I opened it up. The shirt just said, God's got this. And that, to me, kind of set the tone of the day and the weekend, and the year at Calvary Church. No matter what we face, God's got this. In fact, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 reminds us that God has always been, even in chaos. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, watch this close, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness or the face of the deep and the Spirit of God hovered over all the waters. Now look at this very first verse. When you read this text, it's easy for us to kind of bounce through this and get on to the creation story. We have to remember this, that this all starts with God. Before there was chaos, there was God. In the chaos, there's God. After chaos, there is God. If God never changes and he doesn't, if God's omnipresent and he is, if God's eternal, then we must pause, look back at this text and realize that if God was in the beginning, in the beginning God, that means God's in the middle and God's at the end of everything. God is the beginning, he's the middle, and he is the end. We read this text, of course, with the awareness for us that 
As believers, we should model God, which means simply this. We're the same every day. We're the same before the chaos. We're the same in the chaos. And we're the same after the chaos because he is our source and he is an ever-changing God. He never changes. And because he doesn't change, neither should we. The entire Bible is filled with the idea that God is sitting right at the middle of all of our trouble, our chaos, our sickness, and so forth. And here's what you have to know tonight, that we serve an omnipresent God who is right in the middle of the messes of life. I'm telling you right now, God is not surprised by the events of the last few days in our globe, in our society, in our states, across America. He is not shocked at all. And listen to me tonight, today, he is still God no matter where you are. No matter the mess you face, the difficulty around you, he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The question is this, do we see God in the chaos? Do we see him in the mess or do we look to ourselves instead? The prophet Isaiah gave this to us in chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for unto us a child's born. And you go, Mark, this is not Christmas yet. I know, but you got to hear this. It's a, good, it's a good text. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. What does that mean? What does it mean to be called the Prince of Peace? What does his peace look like? Here's some thoughts for you. First of all, it means this. It means health and well-being. Notice this. The peace of Jesus Christ gives to you, gives to me health and well-being. It gives us prosperity, happiness, the end of conflict. Man, we could use that nowadays. Another word for peace in the Bible is unity or accord or even restoration. Jesus Christ is the prince of well-being. He is the prince of health. He is the prince of prosperity. He is the prince of happiness. He is the prince of no more conflict. He is the prince of unity. He is the prince of one accord, and he is the prince of restoration. Think of it this way. The entire purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was to bring peace back to mankind because sin brought chaos, and Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. Jesus came to the earth to bring peace. And he came to the earth at a very difficult time on the earth. Even like today is difficult, Jesus can be peace in the midst of today's times as well. Jesus himself spent his life in ministry, listen close, calming the storms and healing the sick. Jesus understands how to face a storm, how to face chaos, and put it all on pause. He knows how to touch a sick person and watch him be made whole. Jesus Christ is able to do the things that we can't imagine because he's the son of God. He came to the earth to be the prince of peace. He brings peace into chaos. And, of course, these, as you know, are kind of chaotic times. Jesus Christ is with you. He is with me even in times of chaos like these last few days because he's the prince of peace. Now, John chapter 14 He's talking to his disciples, his followers, and he's just kind of told them, hey, I'm leaving out of here, and that brought to them some unknown. Nothing can stress you worse in life like the unknown. Wondering what's going to happen, the pending email, the upcoming announcement, the will I find toilet paper at the store or not. Nothing can bring you to fear and trepidation like the unknown. And so Jesus says to the disciples, hey, guys, I'm going out of here. I'm leaving away. He puts them in a place of some unknowns, and that creates some angst, some worry, and some stress. 
And in John chapter 14, verse 1, he said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. Watch this close, verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Watch verse 4 close. And where you go, I know, and the way you know. Now, Thomas, one of his own, he said this. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. He's implying here because you've seen me, you know the Father. Now note in this early part of this section, John 14, Jesus says to not let your heart be troubled. The word let is important because that's a permission word. You have to make a choice right now if you're going to let your heart be troubled or not. You can put it back in the terms of this conversation. You can kind of rephrase verse 1 to say this. Do not give permission for your heart to be troubled. Don't allow things to trouble your heart. Well, how do we do that? How do we keep our hearts from being troubled? First of all, believe the truth, only the truth. Jesus said, you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Truth brings peace to chaos. When I look at Christ's life with the disciples in this story of Matthew, or John chapter 14, I begin to realize that Jesus gives us a small template here of how to find peace in the midst of chaos just by looking at how he talked to his disciples. Jesus brought peace to them in their moment of stress. He brought peace to them in their moment of anxiety. He brought peace to them in the moment of the unknown of what was to come yet ahead. Look at this. First of all, he brought peace to troubled hearts Watch us by engaging their relationship with him. He reminded them, you've known me. We have a relationship. You know me personally. We've walked together. I've talked to you. You've been with me. And because you've known me, because we're walking in a relationship, you can overcome the test that may be ahead of us. In John chapter 16, a few chapters over, Jesus talks about things like the warning of what's to come, the witness of the Holy Spirit. He talked about joy and sorrow and overcoming trouble, uh, troubled things in life. And in verse 33, he said this, he said, things I've spoken to you that in me you may have find peace. In me you may find peace, he said. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Watch this. I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us right here in John 16 that in this world we will have difficult times. We will face troubling times. We will face difficulty as people, as societies, and as global issues. We will have them guaranteed. But he said this. He says, listen, you're going to have this, but because you're connected to me, I'm going to give you my peace, and you will overcome those tough times. Second thought out of John 14, Jesus calms them by elevating them to higher thoughts. Too often our life is difficult because we focus so much on the here. We live for this. It's all about this. It's all about here. It's all about right now. It's all about this moment, this next step tomorrow. It's all about the next dollar, the next date. And we have to realize that we're not made for this life. We're living for a different life. He said this, he said, listen, he said, we're going to talk about heaven. I'm going to the Father. In verse 2, he says, I'm going to go up there, and where I'm going, you're going with me. 
Jesus took the pressure off by taking their thoughts to a higher level of thinking and living every day. Colossians chapter 3 says this. It says, if you're raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is. Watch this real fast. Take the very moment you're in today and turn your eyes from here to here to here. Look to heaven. Look above. See what God has to offer you. See that God has a better place, a better city, a better land, and a better purpose in a place called heaven. Live with your life. Focus on what's above, not just what's below you and what's across from you. We look at the story in John 14, the text. We see that Jesus calms their fears by reminding them of their relationship with him, also elevating their thoughts. Also, this, listen close. He elevates them to a place that reminds them that, hey, they're empowered by his peace. He said, I've given you not just someone else's peace, I've given you my peace. Remember this, one of God's names is Jehovah Shalom. God, our peace, his very nature is peace. He doesn't get peace, he is peace. He isn't peace on one day and not peace on the next day. God is always a God of peace because peace is one of his attributes. John 14, 27, look at this real fast. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you, I give to you. Let, not, let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When you have peace in Jesus Christ because of relationship, because you're thinking higher thoughts, and because he's imparted you his peace that surpasses all understanding, you can live every day without fear because you know he is with you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says this. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, 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 every newscast, every report, every moment of life, watch this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it says in verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch this, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. Jesus. Check that out. No matter what you face, no matter where you are, do not be afraid. Do not be anxious. Do not be troubled. Pray. Let God know and be thankful and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Go back to John 14 for the thought real fast. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Here we see Philippians says, let your heart be ruled by God. You get to decide tonight Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, who gets to rule your heart? Every day of this week, who rules your heart is simply up to you because you get to let permission. You get to grant the access to your heart to be troubled or to not be troubled. Jesus has come because he wants to give us peace. John 14 once again says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. I love the idea that Jesus' life was dropped right in the center of the mess of life. So how does it work? How do I live every day in peace? How can I live a peaceful life? Real simple, first of all, we've gotta be spiritually minded people. We've gotta realize that there's a real world of the natural, there's a real world of the supernatural. This is not fake, this is real, this happens. This is going on all the time. Around us right now is natural things. Around us now is supernatural things. Don't forget that. Don't forget that we have an adversary 
that's out there that wants to kill and steal and destroy. But we have a God through his son, Jesus Christ, that wants to give us life fuller and more abundantly. That's the God that we serve. We have to realize that no matter what we face, there's always two things at work. Now, I believe in the idea that, that we live in a natural fallen world. And so for me, not everything is in this super spiritual conversation. But I remind you of this, all fallen creation, all sin, all disease, all sickness, everything is because of the enemy of our soul. Everything. That's not the, God, the land that God built for us. God gave us a place of beauty and life and abundance, and sin came in and wrecked it all. I always tell folks this because at times like this, folks want to go, hey, where's God in this? And my answer is, why blame God? He didn't do this. The world that God made had no sickness. The world that God made had no disease. The world that God made had no conflict. Sin came in and wrecked it. By the way, the world that God's going to make for us once again will have no sickness, have no disease, have no conflict because that's the kind of God that he is. I know this. So don't blame God. Know that sin is the issue. Mankind's the issue. But we serve a God who wants to restore us and bring us back. And he sent to us his son who was the prince of peace. Jesus Christ, Jehovah Shalom, God, the peace God, brought to us the person of peace, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was indeed a man of peace. He spent his life speaking peace. Maybe now you're in a storm. Maybe you're in a difficult time. Maybe you're really uh, focused on what's going on in our world today. I understand it totally. I know this, Jesus Christ is your peace just as he's my peace. The second thing we can do to live out this idea of living in peace every day, we can do this. Watch this, I'm almost done. We can live focused on him. Isaiah 26.3 says this, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Two words tonight, you got to focus on the word let and the word stayed. What you let in your mind will impact your life. If you let the truth in only, it'll change how you live. You let in the fears, the, the falsehoods here and there across the world today, you'll be living every day in fear. Let only truth in your mind. Know what is true and what is not true. Speak the truth only. And then this is a key word for us today, focus on him. Focus is a key word. Let and focus. Where you get your focus, what you put your focus on, that impacts how you live every day. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He brought that to them at a time of anxiousness and stress for their life. And Isaiah said, if you'll keep your mind on him, stay your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Here's my challenge for you, Calvary Church family and those out there on the internet even right now. Let not your heart be troubled. Choose to let only the good things in your life. Give permission to what is true, just, noble, and praiseworthy. That's it. And then focus on him. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. I'm going to pray for you right now. If you're watching online, you want prayer for your life, be sure just to kind of comment there below, and we're going to pray for you this weekend. We're going to have prayer services online, Facebook Live, the next two nights, excuse me, three nights, Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. We'll be interacting with you. Please submit your prayer requests. We're going to be praying for you. We're also going to three days of prayer and fasting in the church, believing God to move upon our lives and speak to our hearts even tonight. God's a good God. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. I know this, we're a church that wants to honor the requests of our city and our local officials. We understand the, the priority there. We also want to walk in faith. 
and we'll do just that the best we can. We're doing all we can right now to make a plan for this week coming up for our services and ministry time. And I know this, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I appreciate your grace. This is new for all of us this weekend in churches across America. I've talked to pastors right and left last 24, 48 hours and everybody's went the gamut of what to do and then just keeps changing every second. It's very fluid as you understand. We want to give you a place of safety, a place of health, but a place of faith. Jesus is our peace. Jehovah Shalom, my God, my peace. I find peace in my God. I find peace in the person of Christ. What are you facing right now? Is it the certain uncertainty of these times? Is that, is that stressing you out? I understand. Is it financial? Is it physical? Is it relational? Is it spiritual? What, what are you battling right now in your life that's bringing you to a place where you don't have peace? Whatever that is, think about that for just a second. And then right there, maybe take a piece of paper or something and just kind of jot down what that is. Let yourself see what's bugging you. Is it the coronavirus? Is it something else? Just make a little note. I'm lacking peace because of, write it down. Just jot it down. I'm gonna pray for you in just a second. I'm gonna give you a second to write that across your notepad or maybe on your cell phone notes because I wanna pray with you and I'm gonna leave God to work on your behalf. And then I want you to go back and I want you to look at verses that conquer that moment, that conquer that thing that takes your peace away. If it's relational, if it's spiritual, find the things in the Bible that say, hey, here's how you overcome that. In fact, we'll help you do that. That's why we're here to serve you as a church. We're here to walk you through those times where your peace is missing and you can't find a way to link Jesus to your problem. We will help you do that. That's why we exist for you. I'm about to pray. Have you got it written down? I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you this week. I thank you every day that you're with us. And God, I thank you that in moments like this, moments of confusion, chaos, concern, that you are a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And God, you promised us in Isaiah's prophetic word that his peace would never have an ending. Under his rule, under his reign, there's eternal peace. And I pray right now by faith, that you'll minister to that person's life right where they are. That you'll give them strength, you'll give them courage, and that you, oh God, will be with them. Heal them, restore them, provide for them. And God, I pause right now and I just pray over this entire church, over this state, over the nation across the world. I pray, God, for peace to the current concerns of health matters. I pray for clarity, I pray for protection, and I pray for miracle working power to work in the lives of those affected. God, I thank you that you're not a God of fear, but you're a God of truth, love and grace and forgiveness and healing. And I pray for that right now. I thank you, I praise you in Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we kind of conclude our time together in this service, I want to just tell you that we're here to serve you. If you need prayer for your life, please feel free to reach out to the church on the Facebook app, on our email address, call the office. We're here to serve you. And be sure to stay in tune this week coming up for what is next for Calvary Church. We're going to work very hard this week as a team to get a plan together 
to get us back together in the room to worship God together at your level of comfort, of course. We want you to be safe and feel good about that experience. Folks have asked, hey, what about giving an offering this weekend? Well, the good news is Calvary Church is blessed by God. You're a generous congregation. I want to tell you this. We gave you a challenge a few weeks ago to tithe, and I, I just can't tell you how well you all have done. I celebrate your faithfulness. I know God's going to honor his word to you. So tonight, we're going to do our offerings as always. You're welcome to mail an offering to the church. Also, go online to our text to give number. Give on the app. Give online. I would suggest you do what I do, which is kind of set up auto-draft. Just kind of get it take out before you think about it too much. Just put that number in your bank account. Give it right when you get, get your paycheck. Do that as well. But you can always give to us at Calvary Church website. Come by the church. Bring it here. If you need someone to come pick it up from you, we'll send a staff person to collect it from you. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve you. So please let us know. If you can't get out, we'll take care of you. Also, bring it next weekend, okay? God's got this. God's got this all under his control. I want to remind you of this. Your faithful giving has enabled Calvary Church to live above the pressure of week-to-week giving. I thank you for that. We thank you for your, your giving every week and because you're taking the pressure off of doing church just for the offering's sake. We celebrate the fact that God's blessed this church. And I thank you so much for being faithful to God. We also want to be alert to this. If there's someone in need that you're aware of, please let the church know. Someone who's sick, needs any kind of food or whatever, please make sure we're alert to that so we can serve people better in our city and across the state. We care about people here at Calvary Church. So please, if you have a need you're alert to, please comment as quick as you can. Get the word to the church office. Reach out to a staff member. We want to serve those people with all our heart and love them the best we can. You guys have been so great for this online experience. Thank you so much. And uh, I know God has great things in store for Calvary Church. This is different, but listen, this is not a problem. God's got this, and the best is yet to come. I believe that with all of my heart tonight. So we're going to land this plane real fast. You guys going to worship for us? Come on, back up real quick. And uh, if you're online out there, get up on your feet. We're going to close out with worship. And uh, we're believing God going to do a great thing in your life this week. I'm going to bless you, and they'll lead us in worship. We'll close out. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shut upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may the God of peace be with you every step of the way. God bless you. Been a great crowd. I'll see you soon. God bless you. It's your breath in our arms. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our arms. So we pour out our praise to only it's your being with us online. We look forward to seeing you next. Thanks for being at Calvary Church.